Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joe McCall here. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And we're in for another great episode. Today, we're going to be talking about how to raise private money. A lot of you guys, you know how to find deals, you know how to find buyers, but sometimes you need some private money to close on the deal or just to have some, you know what it is, is sometimes, at least for me, when I was getting started, it's just at the back of my mind, knowing that I have some confidence, I have some money behind me so that when I'm talking to the seller and I'm saying, hey, I'm going to buy your property, I know I've got the money to buy them. Because if you don't got the money, It's like, oh, you're playing this game. You're faking it until you make it, which I hate. And you're hoping that maybe you get this property under contract and hoping that maybe, hopefully, you find a buyer and you're hoping that buyer doesn't back out. You know, you're hoping that the buyer actually has the money that they say that they have. They're not playing the same game you are. Do you know what I'm saying? Can any of you relate to that? Today, we're going to be talking about raising private money and then having some credibility behind you. And we've got a guest on, his name is Rick Howell, and he's going to be talking about how he does it. And I got a free special gift for you that we're going to give away. It's actually his credibility kit. So his credibility kit that he put together, I get to show it to you. He gave me permission to share it, that uh, he gives to potential private lenders. It tells him about, tells them about his business. And uh, you can get it right now at joemccall.com slash credibility, joemccall.com slash credibility, and it's completely free. Go check it out right now. and. Speaking of Rick, should we just bring him on? Cool. Hey, Rick, how are you? How's it going, brother? How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for letting us uh, have this free resource that you've given. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about private money in this podcast and why it's important and uh, how have you yourself gotten private money for your deals? What would you recommend somebody getting started in this business, how to raise private money? The ethical way, you know? All that good stuff. But first, can you tell us a little bit your background, Rick, and kind of how you got started in the business? Absolutely. Again, my name is Rick Howell. We're from a little town here in Toledo or in Ohio called Toledo, right on the right on the border of Michigan and Ohio. So uh, my background is I was a construction worker, uh, electrician from 1996 up until full-time real estate in 2014. We actually started real estate in 2010. And how we got involved in real estate was uh, 2008 to 2012, as everybody knows, things were tough, especially in the construction world. And uh was going to work every day and I was running a crew at a job and every single day you were worried about being laid off. And at that time, if you got laid off, you were off for probably, I would say at least a year and a half. If you had, if you had got the actual, it would be off a year and a half. And uh, there's a buddy of mine that I was working with actually, and he was flipping houses on the side, just on his own couple houses a year. And I was really interested in that, just trying to find a different resource on how to make money. And uh, he didn't know how to teach me how to get started in it. But what he did do is he handed me a book. And then that book was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, I read that book mid-2009s and that just flipped a switch and then turned into all kind of uh, being addicted to education, really, and uh, personal development. And that book guided it toward real estate for no rhyme or reason. It just talked about real estate. So I said, hey, this sounds like a great idea. So uh, to to get started, a partner and I buddied up with another uh, real estate, another electrician. We just bought a house and I'll share more of how we funded it here in a little while. But we, we both, we both bought a house using equity on our homes because that's what the book Rich Dad Poor Dad said to do. Right. So 
now we had uh, two construction guys, two electricians trying to figure out how to flip a house with no rhyme or reason. So we just kind of, we just kind of got through it, did it on our own for six years. I think we just, we just funneled through it with, it was just it was, looking back. It was absolutely miserable because we had no, no coaching, no teaching. It was all books, right? All books. And that was even before we even got immersed in the YouTube. And then in 2016, I realized, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. And another investor said, have you ever thought about hiring a coach? So we hired our first coach in 2016. And that's what escalated things. And 2016? 2016, we hired our first coach. Yes, sir. And at that event was when we were introduced what even private money lending was, right? Up until then, it was all just using equity lines and things like that. And I, was, I remember sitting in the, in the crowd with my, I had my family with me and myself. And I'm thinking to myself right away, I'm like, who in the world is going to lend me you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars to flip a house. Why would anybody lend me money to flip a house? And then I realized as we're going through this, most people feel that, right? Because they, they, they look at it all. And, and I, I remember sitting there going, who's going to lend me money? And then I was introduced to the how to do it and strategies on how to do it and how to look at yourself as an opportunity. So, you know, fast forward that to 2023. On average, we try to keep six to 10 flips going at a time with, we don't do really high volume wholesaling. We might wholesale no, maybe five or 10 deals a year, but our main focus right now is building the rental portfolio. So we kind of keep the best and flip the rest is kind of our business model. Okay, good, good, good. We're having a little streaming difficulties. I apologize, but uh, we are recording the local recordings on our computers. So we'll upload the the final good copy later. But uh, thanks, Rick. Keep on going. I mean, I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, I just apologize if you guys are seeing fuzzy images and stuff. Okay, so you brought up a real good point and a good question there, Rick. Like when you were first getting started, you already had some experience, but you know, you couldn't go out to a private lender and say, look at all the hundreds of deals I did. You couldn't even really say, look at the last deal I did and you should lend me money because I'm so experienced. Yes. How did you overcome that in, in your, for yourself? The main thing that I learned from, from doing this was getting comfortable with just talking to people. And full disclosure, our first private money lender was found. I was t- literally telling my sister at, at a job one time that I had read this book about private money lending and we were going to find a way to borrow money from people and pay them back at eight to 12% return on their money to flip houses. Well, when I was telling her that story, there was literally someone standing behind a machine that overheard what I was saying and came around the corner and said, well, what is that all about? I'd like to be interested in that. And I had no idea how to reply to it. Right. I had no clue. But what that, but what that taught me was just like the, the, their mentors telling all the coaches say is talk to everybody and let them know what you're doing. Right. And even if you don't know how to answer the questions, know where to get the answer. So that little incident right there taught me was let everybody know what you're doing for starters. Right. You let people know what you're doing. And then as that, as that evolved, the, the, the thing that I learned was we got to get out of our own heads and, and not think of us as borrowing money. Right especially nowadays. This is the best time on the planet to find private money lending because things that are going on in the, in the, in the world and the stock and all that kind of stuff. So when people can invest with you and you're an opportunity to, for them to make eight to 12, whatever your interest rate decides to be, it's going to be better than what's going on in the normal traditional stock market today, right? So when you look at yourself as an opportunity to benefit someone else financially, the game changes because now you're no longer looking to borrow money from people. You're looking for, to offer somebody an opportunity. Yeah. I love it too, because people are lending, especially when you're just getting started though. If you have a good deal, they're lending you money based on the deal more than your experience. Is that right? Is that what you found? That's a hundred percent correct. And and, and the mindset of them is if something does go sideways, 
Now they have this property that they have at 50% of value or whatever the number happens to be. So there's a, there's a hard asset behind it. And it's not just a piece of paper or a number on a screen. That, that was the key. Is, 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 and plus knowing how to relay to people what the opportunity is. See, the, that's why I'm excited to share this tool with everybody because when you first get started, you're excited, you read the books, you just came home from the event, you just got off the phone call with your coach and you're just throwing up on people, right? You're just blah, 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 blah. We're going to make millions of dollars and you're going to make X amount of percent on your money. Well, that kind of turns people off. But what I've learned is if you can simply share a tool with them that does the legwork for you and then be there to answer questions for them, it changes everything because now you're letting this tool do the legwork for you. I love that. You know, it reminds me of a friend of mine that does this a lot often. He's in Ohio and you might know him, John Heyer. Does that name ring a bell? No, that doesn't sound familiar. Okay. He does a lot of um, uh, trailer and um, he's an attorney. Anyway, one of the, he was talking about one time that he used to do this a lot when he was trying to raise private money. He would go into the uh, very wealthy areas of town to the local coffee shops, right? And he would do business from the coffee shop, right? And he would get on the phone, he would meet with clients, he'd make phone calls, talk about his deals, talk about his private lenders, talk about how much money his private lenders are making. And guess what? Every single time he would do that, somebody would walk past as they're leaving, drop off their business card at his table and say, hey, listen, call me if you if uh, you got any extra space for me or something yeah. like that. It's called the flap your lips method. That's how I like to call it. Yes. The flap your lips method. Just talk about what you're doing, right? Yes, absolutely. Let people know what you're doing. And you'd be surprised how, just like in our story, those are, those are tra- traipsing around in the mud building buildings for 20 years. And But I was interested in something more. There's a lot of people that are interested in real estate, but they're not interested in flipping a house, right? There's a lot of people that are interested in making money through real estate, but they don't really know how to do it, right? They don't want to be a landlord. They don't want to be a realtor, but they want to make money through real estate. So when they can participate financially, it benefits them really with hands-off opportunity to make money. All right. So let's talk about what do you use this private money for? What somebody, do they just write you a check for a hundred grand and then you go buy a house or how does that work? Yep. So nope, the, it's very fundamental, right? There's very, there's a system for everything. So physically how it works is they have their money wired to the title company. We're always hands-off. But before That's we very important, why, yes. why can't, why should, can't they just send you the money? Why do they have to send it to a title? Cause the number one priority is always protect the lender, right? right? Always protect your lender. And in order to do that, there's three documents that we use. And all of this is in the credibility packet that we're going to share too. One of them is, is a simple mortgage. So if you look at this, you look at the lender as if they're, they're just the bank, right? So if I'm dealing or working with Joe McCall, Joe McCall is no different. The process doesn't change any different than working with Bank of America. You still have the mortgage, you still have the promissory note, and you still have the, the lender named as the first insured on the property, meaning the, the lender's uh, resources are protected before ours if something were to happen to the property. So that's the first thing is protecting the lender. Secondly, to keep everything above board and, and, and not you know totally, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Secure, the money never touches your hands. It gets wired from their bank, wherever they have their money at, their IRA, wherever it's at, straight to the title company. And then the title company disperses accordingly. So there's track record and, and insurances and all the stuff put in place by the title company itself. It's the title company's job to handle the money, not ours. Yeah, very good. You said there's three documents. Yes. One is the mortgage or the promissory notes. Is that the same thing? Two, two separate things. One one gets recorded. One's just a, a personal guarantee that you're going to pay the property, the, pay the money back. Yeah. Okay. So there's a mortgage and it's secured by a deed of trust. Yes. On the property. Yes. The mortgage and the mortgage gets recorded with your local jurisdiction, right? So that's 
So that's the, that's the document that gets recorded where you're, so for example, we're in Lucas County. When we, when we close on a deal, the, the title company then gets it recorded and that property cannot be sold or released or anything until that mortgage and that amount of money is paid back to the lender with all of the agreements, the interests and all the stuff that goes along in the agreement. Yeah. <clears throat> and usually depending on how much is lent on the deal, that lender is in first or second position. Yes. Right. Yep. They're always, yep. They're, they're, they're always the first priority before anything else happens. The, 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 to be honest, the most important piece of all, I mean, the mortgage is very important, but that insured, putting, putting your lender as first insured on your insurance for the property while you're rehabbing it is the exact same process that happens if the house you live in, you can't close on the deal until you prove you have home insurance, right? So it's the same process as if you're buying your own personal house. That's a good point too. So with insurance, talk a little bit about that. How do you protect that lender with the homeowner's insurance? Do you have to na- label them? Do label them? Tell the insurance company, hey, add, add this person as the uh, mortgagee. The first insured. Yeah, the first insured. So when you get your property insurance and say, say you're doing a flip or a rental, whatever it is, and you get your property insurance put on the property, a lender XYZ is first insured. So if, if the, the, the tornado comes through and wipes out the house and it's worth 200000 but you owe 120 to the lender, well, then they get paid off before anything comes to you. Your lender's always taken care of first. Even when you close on the deal on a flip or a refinance or whatever you're doing, uh, the lender's always paid off. They get their money before you ever get cashed out. Okay, good. So give us an example of a deal that you, a typical deal, that you would borrow money from a private investor on. How did you use the money? Talk about the numbers on the deal and all of that. Yep, we're doing one right now. Actually, you'll be able to see it on our Instagram Monday. It's going to go on live on a market. We purchased the house here in Toledo for 164 and some change, $1,000. And the renovate is just a flip. Uh, the renovation work was going to be between 40 and 45. Uh, so we're all in for, what is that? Bad math, two, two, 205, somewhere in there? 209. 209. Okay. So we're all in 209. Now that's also going on the market next week at uh, $289,000. Are you doing any work to it? Or you- yes, sir. So it's a full, it's a full. You've rental. already purchased it. We have already purchased it. Yeah. We've already purchased it on six weeks ago. Um, we've already purchased it. The renovation's been done. The final inspections, the cleaning is actually happening right now as we speak and it's going to go on next week. But uh, um, what we borrowed was we bought or borrowed a hundred percent of the purchase and a hundred percent of the rehab at a, I believe we were at a 12% interest rate on that one. So they'll make that's a- 12% interest the whole time that we own it from the minute. What's that? No, I'm sorry. You're paying 12% interest. How long have you held the money? Six weeks? This one, I think we're, I think we've had this house now for six to eight weeks. Yeah. Yep. Six to eight weeks. We've had this one. And by the time it closes, it'll probably be a total of 12 to 13 if we get it offers fast, like we're expecting. All right. So you're from b- buying the house to selling it about three or four months. Yep. Usually right now on average in this market, especially when the winter goes away, usually four months start to finish by the time we buy it. So time. What, what are you going to sell it for, do you think? I think we should get, we're going to put it on at 289. I would say we're probably going to get around three for it. All right. So let's say you sell it for 289. Yep. You are all in with buying it for 164, renovations at 45. And you have some other costs, I'm sure a little bit in there, but you're all in for about 209. Yep. And let's say you sell it for 289. So your lender was protected at 72% loan to value. Yeah. Which is pretty good, right? Yes, 100%. Yeah, the lender the lender's covered regarded because we 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 focus on buying at deep discounts, usually at least 40% below value, usually usually even more than that. This one was probably around 40-ish. But here the market's continuing to go up in those in those areas, so we're pretty 
pretty comfortable with that. Even if we, even if it didn't go up, he was pretty secure on that number. And that's the point. There's enough equity in there for that investor to be protected. So worst case, this, the lender, what, takes the property back, you mm-hmm. give it to them, and they maybe just sell it at a fire sale for what they lent on it. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. If, if something were to go sideways on it, God willing, it doesn't. But if something, if something were to go sideways on it, I don't think we've ever done, done a deal that they couldn't have literally put it, put it on the auction block or, like you said, fire sale it and still get free and clear on it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So you pay 12%. Is that like an annual interest rate? So they get 1% a month? Yep. The the, the so, easiest math to do, we usually do uh, 12%, um, especially at these shorter timelines. So what'll happen is when you're using private money and for anybody just getting started, when you first get started, you're wondering where you're going to find the private money from, right? But as you get rolling, you now have your private money lenders asking you when you're going to get, where, where's more deals? Keep me going. Where's more deals? What do you mean you're done with my deal? Uh, uh, you better go find another one or I'm going to put it somewhere else, right? So at the yeah. beginning, you're wondering where you're going to find it. And as you get rolling, you're more focused on keeping it busy so you don't lose it. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, let me let me ask you some questions, um, yeah. Rick. Why why private money? Why, why don't you just go borrow from the bank? Yep, good question. That was my, my father used to say the same thing. And uh, so the reason private money, number one, is speed. Oftentimes when you a deal comes across your plate through one of your marketing channels, you don't have time to go get a mortgage and get all this, you know, six weeks to close a deal and all that. You don't have time for that. Now you can use, if you do have what's called an equity line of credit, that can be used as cash, which is how we got started for beginning. And we can touch more on that in a moment, but bank financing takes forever and there's no guarantee that they're going to give you the money. So you have this deal sitting there and you have some seller that chances are is in a, uh, you know, a, a funny situation that they probably need to move rather quickly. And you're not able to move that quickly working with the bank. Yeah, that was the main that was the main reason for us. And as we got rolling, I realized that you know the more and more and more private money you get, there's there's not really a cap because here's here's a nugget for everybody. When you give somebody a good experience as a private money lender, you're working with a lender and you give them a great experience, help them make money. They talk about it. Then you give somebody else a good experience, they make money and they talk about it. And pretty soon, over time, this isn't an overnight thing, guys. This isn't a get rich quick thing. But over time. What happens is you've built up what's called credibility now, which is why we call it the credibility packet. And people look at you as a safe, secure resource to put their money to work. Because as you know, any money sitting in the bank, you're only making point, what is it, 0.03 per some ridiculously low rate. So when you can pay someone an 8 to 12% return and make them a ton of money, they, they start coming to you really over time. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Looking at my questions here in a minute. We'll, we'll look at the PDF. We'll look at the credibility kit, if that's all right with you. We'll share it with everybody. Let's talk about mistakes to avoid when you're borrowing private money on a deal. So I'm sure you've heard of the horror stories or you've seen them, but like, how do you, how do you, what are some big mistakes to avoid? A simple question. Big, big mistakes. Uh, would you like me to share a, a loss that we took? Sure. We, uh, okay. Here's, here's, here's one of the major mistakes. We've made many mistakes over the years, but this is the only one that I would love to share with everybody is number one, either don't do it at all or be very, very, very careful who you do deals with. If you're flipping houses with it, partnerships, anything like that, joint ventures, anything like that. A while back, I about three, four years ago, I did a deal with someone in a totally different city uh, in Indianapolis and I'm in Ohio. Um, I thought I had a great relationship with this individual, totally my mistake. He didn't have the experience that we had. Make a long story short, I brought the lending, he brought the deal, we did a three-way JV and Come to find out from the very minute we closed on the deal, there was a, a step in our process, which is the home inspection that was skipped 
That flip ended up turning into a, from a flip to a scrape and build, meaning we did the numbers as if it was a renovation. We rehabbed the house. And what ended up being when the city came out and found out that it was built on two foundations, total mistake because we skipped the home inspection, it ended up being knock the house down and build a new one. So we were underwater the day we closed on it, really, and uh, ended up losing collectively about $275,000, all because, number one, it was my decision to jump at a shiny object. I jumped at bigger numbers. We were going to, we, we jumped at the bigger number we were going to make in a different market than my own. We got in bed with someone that I didn't vet deep enough to make sure they had the experience that they had said they had. And I didn't have any hands on the deal. I just simply brought the money to it. Total, total mistake, totally avoidable lesson learned, but that, that little incident right there. But I will tell you this, the one person that didn't lose a dime was the lender. That's yeah, that's important. And the other lesson learned is get a property inspection. Yes, always on every single deal, no matter how bad the house is, inspect it, no matter what. All right. So what are some of the rules that you have uh, for lending on a deal? Is there a certain minimum number of equity? What, what do you have there? No, we, we like to keep it two or less as far as two people on a deal or less. In our, in our market in Toledo, it's it's known as the third most affordable city in the country. So the, the numbers aren't all that big. So we try to keep it two people or less on a deal. But if we can keep it to one, we will. Our price points that we work in, uh, we stay, especially now, we focus to, to really keep crushing it in the first time home buyer price points. So we try to do everything 300, $300,000 ARV and below is where, is where we like to stay. The goal is to continue keeping the business moving. And with all the, the, the volatile stuff happening in the market right now, the market's still very good, but we're just noticing the higher price points are slowing down a little bit. The lower price points are still crushing it. Okay. Is there like a percent equity that you have to make sure that is in the deal? Oh, no, no. So we, the, our, we do our numbers based off the KPI of 30,000. Profit 30,000 or less at the end of the deal. So if we can profit 30,000, I'm sorry, 30,000 or more at the end of a deal. So we run it through our deal analyzer. As long as we're netting more than $30,000, we'll do the deal. Excuse me, I got something in my throat. So then that also means that private investors is not going to be in the deal more than, well, I'm just looking here. Let's say it's a $300,000 deal and you want to make at least $30,000 net profit on the deal. Yeah. So that private investor won't be, what's like, I guess the question is, what's the maximum loan to value that you borrow on a deal from a private investor? Maximum loan to value? I would say to have it all in, uh, if we did the simple Mayo formula, 70% minus repairs, I mean, probably 60, 70%. Okay. 70%. Good. Could be good. We also, we all, we also use private money for our, uh, we do, we build our retro portfolio with the Burr model. So on that one, on that one, the lender and repairs, nobody, the total number can't be any more than 75% of the after repair value, right? So explain, those, what the, explain what the Burr method is. Got it. So what we do is through our marketing strategies, we're always, our, our main focus right now is to build the rental portfolio as big as possible, as fast as possible. So what we do is when we're marketing, if we can, if we can find a deal that will rent for more than the 1% rule, which is if the house is worth $100,000 ARV, it'll rent for $1,000 a month. Very simple math, right? And we can keep it and it matches that number and we can be all in it less than, for those numbers, it would be $75,000 because we want to be all in less than 75% of the after repair value because what'll happen there is when we're all done with it, we get it renovated, we get a tenant in the property, we can take the property back to the bank and then do what's called a refinance out of it, pay back the private money lender with interest and then continue to, and go do another and just continue that over and over and over again. That's a really even good way. With, even with rates going up to where they are now, you can still yes. make that work? 
Yep. So what we're doing now is we're analyzing them at six and three quarters. And what we do is we get with our lender every month. And whenever we're writing offers for the rental side of things, we're always asking what we, what should we be analyzing our deals at, right? And he'll tell us like, like two months ago, we were analyzing them at seven. Um, this month right now, he said six and a half, six and three quarters. So we just analyze our deal on the front end. We just plug in the number of the refinance, right? So just because just because the number changes, our process for analyzing a deal doesn't change. We just have to increase that number a little bit. So do you look when you're looking at the the interest rates? Then are you looking at like, well, what's our minimum cash flow on this deal? Yes, we like to try to cash flow three hundred dollars a door across our portfolio. So some of them, obviously, with repairs and things, they might take a hit, but collectively across our whole portfolio, we like to try to hit three hundred dollars a door. Nice. And then are you aggressively trying to pay the bank loans off or are you trying to finance them as long as possible? Right now, we're just financing them as long as possible with uh, the five-year, five-year, or no, 10-year balloon, 20-year AM, 20-year amortization rate over 20 years with a 10-year balloon. Okay. Very cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you about um, regulations, securities, things like that. Do you, what do you do in terms of that stuff? In terms of like, you can't go out and solicit for private money with ads and, and uh, going out in public and things like that, I guess. What, what are the rules? How do you see them? So the, what I've learned over time is you can't go out and ask, like put out, like you said, market market for people to give you money. But what you can do is, is have conversations and ask, ask money, ask people how their money's working for them. One little nugget that we do is on the bottom of our email, what is that, your signature, whatever, at the bottom of your email, we have uh, just a simple question, interested in learning how to make double digit returns on your money? Ask me how. And that goes out to every person we, we email. So that's a little thing that you can do. But I would recommend just talking to people. And if you're in the market and you're marketing for deals and you're, and you're marketing for real estate and you really focus on yourself being an opportunity for other people, that's when the magic happens. Don't worry about, hey, I'm going to flip this house and make 30 grand. Or I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to offer Joe a 10% return on his money right now, maybe he'll be interested in that. And if they're not interested in that, that's fine. But understand that at least when you drop the seed and, and, and put it out there of what you're doing, they're going to pay attention because people aren't blind to what's going on in the world. People aren't blind to what they see on the news and social media and all that. When they find a resource where they can make double digit returns on their money and you give somebody a good couple of experiences, their chances are they're going to come back and ask you those questions in the future. So right. what we do is we don't really, we don't really market. We wish we stay in front of people. I'm, I'm still working hard at learning this whole social media marketing thing of just putting out there what you're doing. You know, don't be afraid to say, hey, we were, we just, we just renovated this house and our lender was able to make double digit returns on his money, blah, blah, blah. Just put it out there what you're doing and be comfortable doing that. Yo, I love that. Love that. Yeah. So then talk about one more time and then we'll go to the PDF here. When you are talking to somebody about it at the grocery store, or the coffee shop, at church or whatever, what is it that you say when someone says, hey, what do you do? If, if someone asks what I do, and I know that the, the point is to, for the lending, I would just say, we show, we show people how to make double digit returns on their money backed by real estate. And then the key is to shut up after you say that, right? Be totally quiet and then let, let them ask you, well, how does that work? And when they ask you how that works, then you can share with them that you renovate homes and, and you know, go into your, the, the key to all this is we haven't got there yet, but the key to all this is at that point, it's a very short conversation because I show Joe how to make double digit returns on his money backed by real estate. And then when they ask you, how does that work? And you say, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not really good at explaining these types of things. Let me, can I just share some information with you? And uh, it'll explain a lot better than what I can do, right? You share the PDF, you share the tool. And then the key is to follow up two days after you share the tool and answer any questions they may have. Yeah. I think another important part is like, don't be desperate, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like if this, this is a, 
this is a program that's not for everybody. I got a lot of private lenders that are asking me to lend on the deals. And so we, we're looking, it's not for everybody. And so if you qualify, if, you're, if this is a good fit for you, if you feel like, you know what I mean? It has to be a mutual thing. I always say this too, you have to dig your well before you're thirsty, right? And would you agree like if it's, if you need the money now for a deal, it might be too late? Yes. Yeah, that's a really good point, Joe. A lot of people ask, and we have a, we coach a few people on the side and a lot of people ask, well, should I be looking for money or should I be looking for deals, right? That's a very common question. And the answer is yes to both, right? Because when you're, when you're, when you're building relationships with private money lending, that's great and all, but when you have a deal to present a private money lender, it's an opportunity for them now. Without the deal, you're kind of just, you know, talking about what ifs and what's going to happen in the future. But when I bring someone a deal that I own or have under contract for 50% of value, now it becomes real. Like they can really make X amount of dollars on the money that's sitting in the bank making zero, you know? So it just kind of changes the game a little. All right, good. Let's share this PDF real quick. And guys, again, you can get this PDF at joemccall.com slash credibility joemccall.com slash credibility. And I'm going to try to share my screen here. Maybe you can walk us through it. Yep. And um, all right, can you guys see it? I'm going to make my screen a little bigger. So it's, there we go. And uh, so this is how many pages? 28 pages. Yeah. Yep. It's, okay. it's, this is designed, it's a, it's a system designed, the first five pages are designed to be thrown in a PDF editor and make it yours. So the first page here will just describe who you are and your business. Right, your your why, why you do what you do, and then introduce introduce yourself. Um, we don't spend a lot of time. Yep, yep. Who we are, the story of you and your company, how you got started. Just a very simple, short blurb. We don't spend a lot of time talking about ourselves here. It's just a simple introduction. Right here comes the here comes the credibility. Right. So this is where people, when you get started, you might be licensed somewhere. You might you might not. Um, just the simple people just want to know about you to begin with. You know, one of the things I say to people too is like, if you don't have any good credentials or references. You really kind of actually maybe do. You can always put on here for referrals or credentials, realtors that you've worked with in the past, property managers that you know, bankers that you know, insurance, your insurance agent, anybody who is in business, maybe a coach or somebody who's already doing real estate. You can kind of put them in here and kind of lean on their larger experience. Does that make sense? Right. Um, But I like the personal pictures, the fun, cool. Yeah. Business model. Okay, so once we get into this, we, we that here's where you point out your investment strategy. And when you're first getting started, a lot of people start off in the real estate world, they want to be wholesalers, and then they kind of graduate into the more of the bigger numbers, the buy and holds and the flips. So this is where you just simply highlight what your strategy is. And a lot of us, when we get started, it's pretty much identical as you're going through the transition of building a real estate business before people find out what they really want to focus on. So this is pretty much duplicatable as well. Yeah. All right. So it's um kind of the model, our competitive advantage. Now, let me say this too. Um, you guys can take this. Don't copy it word for word. Make it your own. Make it unique. And uh, but whether you're doing houses or land, you can do a lot of this similar, real similar things mm-hmm. uh, for you and your business as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Private money can be used. I mean, really. I mean. So you're, you're BBB accredited. I, 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 I don't like the BBB. I am accredited as well. I, I send them my $400 to $500 a year. I think it's a racket. But... It helps. It's a good thing to get, right? Yeah. You know, one of the things I, when I used to raise a lot of private money with this strategy, I also had the Chamber of Commerce logo on this as well. And then Chamber of Commerce is easy to get. Anybody can get that. But right. It just kind of does build some credibility there. Good idea. Company business model. So you talk about 
how you do deals versus the normal traditional buyer. Yep. This really separates the the regular retail person coming through and it shows the benefits of working with someone that can buy cash. Yeah. So this is why you need private lenders so you can have fast cash and you can close on these deals quickly yep. and sell them quickly. Cool. Your buying criteria. This is really good. Just kind of how you look for deals. Yep. How do we buy homes so far? This is a really good common question. Like, how do you actually find these deals? And it's good to tell them how you do it. Different markets yeah, it just right. breaks everything down. Yep. Breaks everything down and how we find them. Just how you sell them, who you sell them to, right? Yep. Yep. And these images, you just find them on Google? Yeah. Some of these are on Google. The other, a lot of them are us. Okay. On the front end, we, we just took our team and took some things that we were out doing and you'll see some before and afters at the end. Yeah. But through private lending, you have the opportunity to become the bank. I love that phrase. You can become the bank. How the process works. You know, typical whole time rehab is three to six months, wholesale flip a couple of weeks. Good diagram here. So walk through this diagram. Yep. So this, this is the lifeline of a deal. So at the very beginning, we get an accepted offer. The private money lender funds the deal. Then they're going to get the, from, from the title company, they're going to receive all their documents after everything is signed and the home is purchased. That all happens together. And then we, we, we renovate the home. We sell the home, or if that could be plugged into, if you're doing the Burr model, it could be refinanced out. Uh, then the, the lender receives their money back with interest. And then you just go repeat the process over and over and over again. The goal is with the private money lending is so they can get the full 12% throughout the year to keep it busy throughout the entire year. That's always the goal. Good. And are you a graphic design artist? How did you do this little image no, here? Absolutely not. This is all stuff that we just found off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, you know, if you were doing something like this for vacant land, for example, yeah. uh, by the way, if you're a simple land flip student, I have a one page, uh, I don't I forget what I called it, first private investors. It just kind of explains what it is that you do, a business model on one page. But if you wanted to do an image like this, you could easily just find somebody on Fiverr to do it for you, right? So here's the uh, investment deal scenario, purchase price, repair costs. So it gives, it's good to show an example deal of how it works. Yes. Cool. How are you different? Win, win. Why is this safe? What's in it for you? It's a safe investment secured by real estate, high returns on your money, very predictable income stream because rates fluctuate very little, no management costs, no daily headaches. Cool. Why is private lending so compelling? I love this. It's just benefit, benefit, benefit. What's in it for them, right? Yeah. Risks for re versus rewards. Bam, this is awesome. Really cool. Good stuff here. Uh, how private money helps our company. Okay, this is this gets into like, why do you even need private money? Why don't you just go to the bank and get it? Yep. Being able to offer a fast closing with private funds motivates sellers to take our offer over the competition. So basically, we if we have the money, we can close faster. And then how do we protect the lenders? I like this. Promissory note, deed of trust, and hazard insurance policy. That's it. Yep. Another diagram. <laughs> That's funny. Find them on Google. Common ways private lenders fund deals. This is good. Sometimes they don't know, right? Yep. That they can actually use a retirement account yep. or a home equity line of credit or self-directed IRA. Can I share something right there, Joe? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times people didn't understand, and I know it's changing with the interest rates now, but a lot of people didn't understand that most people don't understand that they have cash just sitting there in the equity of their house. Well, when rates are at you know 5%, and you can borrow an equity line at five to six percent, and equity um, it, and loan that out as private money lending at six to twelve. Or I'm sorry, twelve percent. They can double their money on the equity that they have sitting in the in their house. It's not being used for anything. So when you're able to educate someone on that, it's kind of a big deal because depending on what numbers you are, six percent, you know, on cash that's sitting there doing nothing could be a lot of money to someone. 
So being understanding what home equity line of credit is could be really beneficial to you. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Self-directed IRAs. Do you, um, do you have a self-directed IRA company you connect them with? Yeah. The, we use equity trust here in Ohio. Um, there's a ton of them out there. I was recommended by another gentleman here that does a ton of business to equity trust. And that's who we've used. Okay. This is really important to know your investment terms and conditions. What's the minimum? Because you, you can't just tell the private investor, uh, whatever, you know, they want to know what's the program. Right. And so you say, this is really a minimum 50 grand, 10% on average payment schedule. You pay them on the first of the month, mortgage terms, t- 12 months typically, or projects usually completed three to six months. Paid back in closing, first or second, open to renew, all documents recorded. Yeah, really good. It's important, right, to have, this is what our program is. Very spelled out, yep. Cool. Testimonials. What if somebody doesn't have any testimonials? When you don't have testimonials, number one, it's, it's always good to have credibility testimonials from friends and family, uh, employers, people that know you personally that can talk about what kind of human being you are to begin with, right? Yep. So, and then once you do your first deal, immediately, that's the first thing you want to ask is if someone, hey, would you mind sharing uh, a little feedback on your experience of working with us? That's your first testimonial. Do another deal, you know, and just keep stacking those up. And the testimonials are good coming from both everybody you work from contractors to sellers to title companies, coaches, whoever, right? Any, anybody that can say something about you in a positive light, it counts as a testimonial. Especially when you can get somebody in who's in real estate, like a property manager or a realtor or title company or a banker and something like that. Yep. All right. So you've got before and after, which is great. I, I'm still thinking about this in terms of somebody who's brand new to the business. Yep. They may not have before and afters of deals that they've done before, mm-hmm. right? So simple. Just don't put this in there. Yeah. Not This isn't going to make or break a private investor doing deals with you. This is just right. helping, right? But you got some good before and after. You know, it's funny. I have a, a, a friend. I've never done this, but I need to, I guess. A friend who does a lot of wholesaling and he'll do before and after of the same house and nothing has changed. Like, he's a, And it's like that, uh, which one of these things in this is different, you know, like one of those picture things. Right. And he makes a point, like we don't do anything to these deals, right? This is a before and after. So you could do the same thing. If you're doing vacant land, do a before and an after picture of the vacant lot, just as kind of a tongue in cheek joke. You're making money for not doing nothing. I like it. Yeah. Good. All right. You give some numbers. This looks like a house you'd see in St. Louis. That's for sure. Yeah. Toledo and St. Louis, I hear a lot alike. Yeah. You have basements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This looks like this looks like St. Charles County, St. Peter's. All right. Good. Nice rehab, fix and flip pictures, rental properties. Maybe some of these are rentals. I think all of these ones, I think all those are flips. Okay. And again, yeah, don't let people get intimidated by the fact all this is when you say build credibility, these these houses are built up over years, right? So, every, you know, every time you do a deal, you throw it in your credibility packet. When you do another deal, throw it in your credibility packet. Yep. So here's the next steps. Give me a call. Shoot me an email. And you also do a referral program. Do you get any business from the referral program? We get people that that make referrals. A lot of times the person that make wanting the referral is wanting too much money. We do more of a, we do more of a JV thing with people that, that want to get, that just want to do deals and take an equity split on the back end. All right, cool. I love frequently asked questions. This is really important. Everybody flips to the end to the frequently asked questions. Yeah. But this is so good. What's private lending? How is the money used? Why don't you get a traditional loan? How can you afford such high returns? This is really good. Talk about this. Like sometimes, and I found when I was first borrowing private money, uh, I felt like I had to offer like 12 to 15%. And then I realized I had way more no's because it was like, wait a minute, what's wrong? It sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? Right. But still, sometimes they're going to ask, well, why are you offering such high returns? Talk about your answer to that. 
The answer to that would be this. Focus on the, the, the WIIFM. What's in it for me? So when you're talking to a seller, they might not need 12% return, right? They might can be completely happy with six or five, where I've got people in our network that are getting it for four because they're literally losing money if it's sitting in a bank account. So I focus more on the best thing to say is focus more on what they want rather than what you think they want. Because coming to someone that doesn't have any education on this, this, this industry or private money lending or anything like that and offering them, you know, a eight, 12, 15, whatever, some ma- major return. Of course, it's going to sound like they're winning the lotto and it sounds unbelievable, right? So focus more on, Hey, h- how's your money working for you? Right. And then when they tell you what they're, what they're saying, they listen, I have a, I have a way to make two or three times more than what you're making now. Would you like to hear more about that? Right. You know, a great source for private lenders too are, um, sellers. Yeah. Sellers and buyers. As you're talking about, you're talking to a seller about their house. What are you going to do with the money when you sell this deal, when you sell this house? Yeah. Other investors and buyers who are looking for deals. Uh, what if the market gets worse and values go down? Mm-hmm. That's really yeah, good. That's, right. that's a good question. Late three years down the road. Yes. <laughs> that's the answer right there. We're in and out of our deals quick. How long will my funds be held? What if I'm on a short-term note and I sell the home only after one month? Yep. So there's different strategies to this. There's, a, there's ways where you can put minimum interest rate so that as if, say you sell it in one month, well, they're going to get paid for whatever you decide, three months, six months. There's ways to, to sweeten the deal for them so they're not just holding their money for 30 days. Uh, we do that on our Burr models with our one of our lenders. We make sure he's always getting paid back six months, regardless of whether we hold it for three, four or five months. He's, he's always getting paid back a minimum of six on every deal we do. Cool. When will I receive the payments? Is there a guarantee? I love the honesty. No, there is no guarantee. I can't. Make a guarantee. Run from anybody who does offer you a guarantee or a promise. Yeah. Who buys the insurance? What kind of insurance? How much is it going to cost me? Will my money be pulled with other investors? No, we don't ever pool funds. Great question. And you know, you're, you're not hiding from the truth here, right? You're, you're right up front with them. What if you default on the loan? How do you acquire the property? So then explain this. So if, if we default on a loan, we are liable or responsible for the deal no matter what. If something, if something was a default and knock on wood, this is, this has never happened. Um, let's say something happens where you do your numbers wrong or you run into, you know, the rehab costs are higher, whatever the case may be. Ultimately, you're responsible for the, to pay back the lender, um, and do, do what's right. If you have to work something out to where, um, you got to get money from other resources, it's got to happen. The number one rule in real estate investing, in my opinion, is operate with the highest integrity and make sure you protect your lenders at all costs. The quickest way you can bury your business is by give a lender or give somebody in your network a bad, um, a, uh, a, a bad experience and then not make it right. Yeah. Right. That's the key is just make it right. Things happen. Things go sideways. It's going to happen with us. It's going to happen with contractors. It's going to happen with deals periodically. Just make sure you make it right. That's the bottom. When the market crashed in 08 and 09, I had about 10 or 12 properties and uh, lost a lot of money. Foreclosures, short sales, almost went into bankruptcy. But I paid every single one of my private investors back. Took me quite a few years, but I paid every single one of them back. And that's something I'm really proud of. You've got to have that mentality that your private investors get paid first. They get any money out of that deal before you do. And if you lose money, you should lose money before your private investor does. And your private investor should never lose money. But you get what I'm saying. Cool. So that credibility kit again. Uh, thank you, Rick, has given it to us for free at joemccall.com slash credibility. joemccall.com slash credibility. Go check that out. All right. Rick, so how can, I got a couple of questions, like how can uh, people get a hold of you and reach out to you? But also, any final tips and advice to students who are trying to, you know, wanting to raise money for 
vacant land or houses. Yeah, regardless of what you're trying to lose, raise money for, the key is talk to people, let them with confidence too. Never, Joe made a really good point here a little while ago. Never feel desperate. Never act desperate for a deal. When you when you when you, you when you act desperate for a deal, they can sense that and it just doesn't come off right. When you when you act confident in offering them an opportunity, but understanding, hey, if you're not interested in this opportunity, somebody else will be. That will give you a, it gives you a lot better posture. Number one and number two, you get a lot more deals because when you're desperate, it just doesn't go off. And uh, another thing is focus on, like I said before, what's in it for them. Take yourself and your profit. We all want the profit. Let's call it what it is. We all want to make money. We all want to do deals. We all want to make money, of course. But when you focus on helping somebody else make money first, your money will come back exponentially by, by, by doing that. Get out there and get out there and do the work and understand this isn't a, this isn't a get rich quick thing. It's a, it's a consistent thing, but done repeatedly over time and having conversations daily with people you really don't have any limits. I've got I've got students of ours that are in the construction world, and I have one gentleman that generated off this tool alone from January from the third week of January when I gave it to him till now, he's generated almost a half a million dollars by learning how to quit talking, quit talking so much, selling himself, and offering the opportunity to other electricians in the field that are coming close to retirement. They've got forty years worth of retirement build up, and he's generating money left and right by letting this tool right here do the work for him. Yeah. There's the, there is a, it is called oh, and flap how to get a method. Oh, sorry, Rick, yeah. I was going to say, it is called the flap, the flap your lips method. But also there's a point where you need to stop talking, right? And uh, never chase a private investor. You make yeah. that come to you. Yes. Sometimes it's hard to do that, but you've got to be disciplined and you got to learn how to do that and, and have that confidence and that positioning. And I'm telling you guys, listen, this is a really important to understand too. Rick, just tell me if you think this is true. If you get a good deal, the money will be there. The money is not hard to find if you have a good deal. 100%. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, don't get caught in that. But that's the biggest, if I had to say of anything, when, when, when we got started and now, the biggest question that's ever asked is, do I search for the deal? Do I start marketing or do I look for private money lender first? Right? And just make sure you're consistently doing both. There's two, two jobs as you develop your business into the CEO that we're all going to work to get to. The two things you have to do is make sure you keep your marketing going and make sure you're always finding private capital. That's it. That's, that's, that's the two jobs that your job is as a real estate investor. Yeah. And I would also add to that, find buyers too. Like always yeah. be looking for buyers that are buying yeah. deals. The income. Rick, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm Instagram, just my name, Rick Howell. Actually, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook is just Rick Howell, REI. Feel free to shoot me a message, ask me a question. We put out, I try to put out two to three very informational videos, stuff you can use in your business every single day. Um, and if you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about anything that we do, just don't hesitate to shoot me a message and we'll create a video out of it and try to help as many people as we can. Nice. And then, uh, so is that right, Rick Howell, did I spell it right there? Yes, sir. You got it. Rick Howell, REI. Yep. At Instagram, TikTok. Are you on Facebook too? YouTube? Yes, even? Yep. Yep. To all of them. Yep. And that credibility kit again is joemccall.com slash credibility. And uh, thank you so much, Rick for being on the podcast. Appreciate you. And go follow guys, go follow Rick, Rick Howell, REI on all those social medias. And um, yeah, go get some money. Go get some money. Thank you, Rick. Have a good one. You got it, you too, buddy. 